Welcome to Disruptive CEO Nation, where company founders, entrepreneurs, and cutting-edge thinkers drop in from around the globe to share startup stories, insider insights, and hard-earned success lessons. Now, here's your host, a woman who mastered business by placing heels on the ground all over the world, having worked with and coached CEOs and senior leaders from over 90 countries, and who wants you to build your best business future, Allison K. Summers. Hey, this is Allison Kay, and it is a wonderful day, as usual, where I sit, but that's because I'm an optimist. Hey, we are talking to a founder of a biomedical company, and she's going to share with us some insights about the women's health space and how she was a trailblazer in that space, really innovating and disrupting. And I'm going to say has a little bit of a tenacious business story, if you ask me. <laughs> so with that, I am going to introduce you to Kathy Lee Sepsik, who is the founder and CEO of Femicist. So Kathy, tell our listeners everything that you do in the world that really helps women's health. So again, I'm Kathy Lee Sepsik. Uh, the company name is Femesis. I founded the company with the mission to disrupt really critical areas within specifically reproductive health, but along the continuum of care that a woman might experience. And the mission has stayed the same through these many years that we've been uh, that we've been working on this, and it's to look to change standard of care, particularly in areas where we see very little innovation, very age-old technology, and we can do better. So that's, yeah. that's been the goal, and that's you know what we're working on every day. Well, and hey, for my listeners, you might say, mm, Allison, I don't want to hear the story about women's health, but I promise you, Kathy has uh, very interesting insights, such as founding her company and, and taking it from private to public, as well as telling us about her, her founder's journey. So stay tuned and listen to everything, even if you might say, eh, Women's health's not for me. I bet there are gems in this interview that you can learn from. So with that, Kathy, I always like to go back and say, you know, what was that piece that put you on this path to say a company like Femesis needed to exist? I mean, it was a very personal um, decision. I mean, anytime you start a company, I think you need to look at how much it's going to impact every aspect of your life when you do it right. But I felt there wasn't adequate options for me personally. And if I was dealing with that and, and having to make decisions on birth control, basic healthcare needs that were not satisfactorily met with existing technology that we could do better. Um, so that was part of it. And the second was I prepared for it. I felt um, you know, through my journey, my career, that this is what I've always wanted to do is sit at the helm and recruit great people and work on a mission to really change things um, as far as healthcare is concerned and have the opportunity to affect millions of lives around the world. And that's a, that's a pretty big responsibility. And so I, I prepared myself and personally, I felt that we could do better. And, and Kathy, I would you in that category of you are a patent expert in the medical space. Is that a fair thing to say? Would you take that that title? 
you know, I never thought I was going to be quite the expert I became, but I do have 150 patents um, filed. About 130 of them are issued. So um, the technologies within Femesis are, I'm the lead inventor on them all. So we made conscientious decisions as to how we were going to spend our dollars that we raised and how we were going to spend our time and efforts, what products would we advance? And they had to fit that category of safety above all else for women um, and secondary how do we move the needle in areas where we're not seeing adequate attention? The, the age old options that are available are not acceptable. They weren't acceptable to me. So I'm assuming they wouldn't be acceptable to many other women. Um, and then how do we just start to bring more innovation to a specialty that affects 51% of our population? Yeah. Dear listeners, now you know why I said Kathy's tenacious. She, <laughs> she is a rock star when it comes to building a biomedical business. So let's go into some of what those those leading products are now. So if we go to Femesis website, learn more about the company, what are some of the things that we're going to see are the leading products and and how are they going to market? So our, our major product initiative that actually started the company to advance is a non-surgical permanent birth control option. Um, surgery has been around over 100 years. It wasn't regulated, of course, because it's been around since the 1800s, but um, we need to do better. Women should have an option, and this is ever more clear in this climate that we're in right now. Um, how do we bring safer technology? How do we get out of the OR? And how do we uh, address a basic healthcare need? We have a lot of technology when we're looking at temporary or reversible methods, but we just have permanent sterilization around the world as the only option for women for permanent birth control. And that just, that needs to change. Um, and we are the only company and that's been validated that is working on an alternative. So it puts a lot of pressure on us as a company uh, to get this done right. This has been uh, a labor of love to, to look at every aspect to make sure that we bring the safest technology forward. And I'm happy to explain how it works as well, if you'd like <laughs> me to for your listeners, but that's one major initiative that we're working on. We also felt it was important um, when, when we bring forward our permanent birth control, we do have a check so that we make sure that it was effective for her and surgery actually doesn't have a check and there is failures. Uh, a lot higher failure rate than we ever expected. And so we moved the radiology test that's been around many decades to look at a woman's fallopian tubes from radiology to her gynecologist, to an in-office environment using uh, ultrasound. And we create a contrast that consists of saline and air. So it's natural. And that's the mantra for the company. How safe can we make this? Eliminate ionizing radiation, eliminate that referral, less expensive, better for the patient. And that comes hand in hand with our FemBlock initiative, but we also commercialized it. And I use that term a little bit lightly because we don't have a full commercial footprint by any stretch, but we sell a lot of FemViews um, and there's a lot of women out there that are doing their own YouTube uh, videos on the importance of FemView, but we are the makers and the first of its kind to move that test from radiology to ultrasound. And we are doing that for infertile patients that need to look at why am I infertile? Is it my tubes? Is it something else? And oftentimes it is the tubes and we need to, you know, assess for that. So we did that. I was going to say, did you ever envision that the end user patients would be making like fan videos about your products? <laughs> um, it, I 
always hoped. I mean, when you're talking healthcare, basic reproductive needs, the patient's actually so important in the equation. Um, our technologies, even though we're biomedical and we're, we're sophisticated and we go to our healthcare providers, the patient has a say and she can choose who to go to and who to engage in that conversation. So when she wants to elect in a certain per birth control option, she chooses. Um, and so I knew she would be important in the equation. And then we brought this infertility part of our business forward. Uh, FemBlock's taking a while to do it right. It's, it's a much heavier regulated uh, product to bring through. Um, the infertility uh, contrast diagnostic device that I described to look at her tubes, we also have a therapeutic option to bring an alternative to intrauterine insemination, which has been around for decades. Um, it's got low success rates, and we think we can do better than moving, trying to move women and couples to IVF, where it's very expensive emotionally burdensome, how can we give other options on the front end of care that can allow and augment natural fertilization? So we have that, it's called Femicide, uh, that product's in clinical trials, as is FemBlock. Um, so we are, uh, you know, pushing those two major initiatives forward and looking at the two ends of the spectrum. How can we assist in getting women pregnant when we have such a significantly declining fertility rate around the world? This is not a US issue. This is a Japan issue, a Germany issue, a China issue, name the countries. Every country has declining fertility rates. And how can we get the millions of people that are suffering to come off the sidelines and try before they decide they will relinquish and not have children at all, which is going to be a major crisis in all the countries as we progress as a global. Yeah, it, um, it's it a global is. initiative. Yeah, if you watch a lot of the things coming from the UN or the World Economic Forum or the even the International Labor Organization, everything you're saying is it's it's 100% correct. Hey, Kathy, I want to flip and let's talk about business operations uh, because you have clearly um, over 18 years started this company as your your personal uh, baby and and grown it to this publicly traded company that is. Um, you know, just a, it's a pretty remarkable founders founder story. So can you go back to those early days? You said you prepared really hard before you entered this venture, but what did those first early days look like for you? We um, operated the company out of my home for the first two years. At the time in which I decided to do this, I have two girls, they were seven and four. Um, so we made the decision as a family to have my husband stay home because I was running around um, and it's hard to balance everything. So those first years were challenging. We had many people employed and coming to my home all hours of the day and night um, to accommodate flexibility and schedules. Everyone had a house key and would, would, would come in. So it was a, a, a bit challenging to separate um, that part, the different parts of my life. But what it really um, became was that my family became part of the story. They became part of the journey. I uh, brought them in on everything so they understood the challenges of starting your own company and the importance of the work that we're doing and the kind of impact that we may make and how important that is to do it right. And so Dinner conversation centered around what's going on with Femesis, how are various different people working out, not working out, who would, who do we need? And so they became kind of business savvy. And it's been, it's been amazing for me to see that evolve within my own family and how much they love 
Themesis. Every part of my family um, has came in as investors in the early years and then supported me, you know, emotionally as I go through this. This is not, it's not easy. Um, and, and, you know, women's health is, I think, especially difficult. I perhaps underestimated that a little bit. I certainly understood the challenges around fundraising, uh, preparing myself to do this, but it's not the sweetheart. Um, you know, their investors don't love the space, uh, despite the fact that there's so many people that will be ben you know, that will benefit from the work that we're doing. And that's still a struggle today, 18 years later. I wish it wasn't. There's a lot of talk about how important what we're working on is step up. That's, that's what we need. Um, and, and taking the company public, you know, going through the journey, um, you know, I made the decision to control our destiny. So I did in-house manufacturing, which is very different from some of the smaller companies. Yeah. They outsource everything. And in this climate that turned out to be an incredibly wise decision, I'm able to manage supply chain, um, everything we're working on. And please, check out the Femesis website, is, is manufactured, developed and manufactured in-house. And what that means is our infrastructure is solid. Um, and we invested in that. And it takes a long time and a lot of capital to do that. But when we're addressing markets of the size that we're talking about, if you're not prepared, you can't meet the challenges and the demands that are, are, are forthcoming. So we ensured and we took a long time to do it right. Um, and that's part of the story of who we are. That's the mantra here. Don't cut corners, do it right um, and be prepared. And so we've done that on the commercial side as well. So there's an incredible amount of infrastructure in our facility, multiple clean rooms, full-blown production, paperless on our manufacturing floor, full quality systems, all of those things that go along yeah, with Kathy, it. Kathy, remind um, us where you're physically located. Where so are the- You're in Georgia. You're in Georgia. Uh, right, out, right north of Atlanta. Okay. Hey, I want to ask in terms of business insights and, and on your founder's journey, was there a tipping point where, where there was an, a magical relationship or a marketing strategy or something that you, you went back and you went- that was that was it when we knew we were we were propelling in a good way forward. I guess I can think of two occasions um, in the early days and for for many of the years um, I raised very small rounds and I raised frequently um, and the family offices, high net worth individuals really became instrumental for us. They can, the story resonates, they understand their wives would become involved and excited about what we're doing. And we weren't really able to get the institutional community as excited, um, unfortunately. And so over the years, that is how we did it. And it really in many ways, stunts your growth because you're only able to do so much on limited capital when you're raising so frequently in very small amounts. Um, we were able to raise a large round prior to going public of $44 million. Um, it was acknowledged in our Georgia market as a, as a incredibly uh, significant uh, round. And we partnered with an investment banking group um, that's been uh, just a lifesaver for us. They introduced us to a whole new network of high net worth individual investors. Medtronic came in and invested in our round and that's the largest med tech company in the world. So that's a good housekeeping seal of approval. And despite that, we still stayed with high net worths up until the public offering. And so it's a very unique story. We raised about $70 million that way. 
Um, and then our public offering was was a bit smaller in size, about $35 million. Um, and then, like I said, opened us up to some some of the institutional investors. But that is that is a unique way to fund a company. And it was, um, you know, relationships, partnerships matter. And we were able to partner and have have this uh, Salem Partners, the name of the group, have them really see the kind of impact that we're going to make, um, possibly make, uh, and that we're working on making and, and really stand behind us. Um, so that's, that was an instrumental turning point for the company. Wow. Thank you for sharing, for sharing that. And now that you're a publicly held company, um, what are you still as full on in as the CEO today as you were when you were giving everybody keys to your house to come in and, <laughs> and build the business? I mean, I think my role has changed and it. I've always been the spokesperson for what we're doing and and the why and, and the kind of impact that that this can have. But I'm, I have a larger platform. I'm getting to talk to someone like you, which I may not have had the opportunity to do had I stayed private. So it's that's still the core part of of. of you know, part of my work, um, selling and selling and selling myself, the story, the importance of, of the work we're doing. I'm very involved in the various different elements of what we're working on, but I have such a phenomenal team. Um, and I'm so proud of this team, as, as proud as I am of the technology. There are people on my team that have been with me since day one walking this journey with me. And there are folks that are have joined in the in the last year that this is our time now. I have a, a commercial head, I have a new regulatory clinical head, and they're bringing their know-how to take us to the next, um, to turn that corner and, and hit the next stride. And so every single person here is so incredibly important to our success. And the climate, the, the family environment that we've built, that's the platform of who we are. And that, and, they, and every person that's here feels that passion. They don't, everybody work, you know, you work hard, but we, we have an opportunity to change healthcare for women. And that's, you know, an important part of joining Femesis to know the work that they're doing has that potential impact. So there's a lot of ownership. And so I'm as involved as I need to be, uh, sometimes more involved and sometimes a little bit less, but um, you know, the company's moving forward and we're hitting our milestones and, and in a public way, hopefully that will be rewarded. Oh, no, thank you for that. Hey, can you just remind the listeners, what is the, the mission and vision statement for Femesis? We are a women's health company advancing technologies and severely undermet areas within women's health. Um, and we're looking at this from a global perspective and we're looking to change standard of care in these critical areas, particularly in the area of birth control for permanent birth control, as well as for infertility. We have a number of other product initiatives along the way, and we're targeting the GYN in their office. We think that's the area within the specialty that's been a miss. Um, so all of our technologies focus in that particular location for the GYN, where we can bring safer technology for women. Yeah. And it just so happens that at the period that we are doing this, this interview, um, the last year has been a very tough year for anybody working in that GYN um, field, unfortunately. Um, I'm going to say unfortunately, because there's, um, we, we need our, our GYNs. We, we need them to feel supported and feel like they are our leaders and and cutting edge patient care, which I think is what a, a company like Femicist brings to them and brings to the, the patients as, as well. Hey, Kathy, I have to ask you, 
where do you look to today um, to give you your business inspiration or to be like, this is the next phase of my my journey? Do you have outside mentors? Do you get mentored by your investors? What helps you keep your leading edge as a CEO? Networking is everything. So um, you, there's, and my network is growing because we're able to have a platform to be able to tell the story. And it's been interesting because um, I, I wouldn't say I ever really had the mentor during the walk of my career. I think different people bring different perspectives. So my view's always been, if I'm tackling this particular issue, who are the experts? Who can I who can I lean on? And I have no problem picking up the phone. And people generally are very responsive to that. So there's been a number of different um, you know, people that have come and, and have influenced that. I think for me, what drives me is the patient. So I get out in the field, I work with the doctors, I understand the challenges. Um, I'm moved by that. So I'm moved to do more. Um, and I think it's a it's it's so powerful to hear the stories and to see the struggles and to know that we may be able to help in a very global way to bring change, there's no better motivator than that. Um, and people are willing to help me on the journey. I have yet to find someone when I go and say, hey, you've done this piece before, can you help me? And generally the answer is absolutely. And wow, that's amazing what you're doing. <laughs> so I just, yeah, I love so that affirming. about the, the startup community and, and the entrepreneurial minded um, community. Like you said, I... It's clear in speaking with you, it doesn't matter if Femesis has been in existence 18 years. You are you are still on a path to do to I love how you said, you know, move to do more. And on that note, I'm going to ask you, where do you see Femesis in the next, say, two to three years? Where are you going? Is there a specific product channel that you're expanding, or is your expansion in just getting into more uh, medical offices? So we are on track for our infertility product to wrap up our pivotal trial next year. So in preparation of that, we, we have three commercial assets um, and we will augment our commercial team and we will look to bring the technologies we have right now that have the potential to change standard of care in their diagnostic categories and really prepare to bring forward technology for infertility. It's a crisis on the, in the making with the declining fertility rates. We can't get there quick enough, in my view. We've had outreach from various countries, as an example, even China, which you wouldn't expect. Um, they're now at a three-child policy. Um, so this is, this is a major, major issue around the world. And we feel like time, time is of the essence for the patients. Time is of the essence for us as a company. So we will focus there. We will also launch what we consider our last phase of the FemBlock program uh, for permanent birth control. That's a very big clinical year for us to be able to wrap that up. We've amassed significant clinical work already um, in an unprecedented way to support a class three medical device. Never been done before, the amount of safety data that we've amassed. Um, but that's that's fantastic as a platform to next year and the importance of bringing that kind of change. So it's a big year for us at Femesis next year, and we'll look, look to continue to uh, inform the street as we continue to hit those milestones. Thanks, Kathy. Hey, I want to ask you, what do you do to keep balance? Because you are such a, a driven individual. 
what do you do to relax, to have joy? And although your business is joy, it's very clear in your in your conversation. But what do you do in your free time? I know you don't want to hear that work is like relaxing to me because it kind of is. And that's <laughs> sort of a problem. But I um, adore my family. I loved being a mom, you know, having my two girls. They're 26 and 20 two now, 25, 22. So they're grown women and, um, you know, being able to inspire them, see what they're doing in their lives and being such a close knit family and being a part of the various different milestones that they're hitting is the best relaxation that I could have ever hoped for. And I'm very blessed that, and maybe it's because they were like, mom can't handle us not following a course, um, you know, they stayed their course and they're happy and healthy and it's all you can ask for as a parent. Um, so I, I very much in, enjoy my family. Oh, Kathy, thank you for sharing that. If people want to know more, connect to you, where should they go and what should they do? Uh, you can find me at femesis.com through our information links. You can find me on LinkedIn. Um, pretty easy to get to me since I'm a public CEO, but, uh, you know, happy to continue to connect with others out there. I'm very honored that people are reaching out to me in the way that they are and viewing my LinkedIn uh, profile and et cetera. Um, we at Femesis really appreciate the support. This is a very big job that we're tackling and it's in an area that isn't considered, you know, we're not oncology or gene therapy, all these things that investors, you know, run to. Um, we really appreciate the support. So I can't, I can't emphasize that enough. Well, Kathy, thank you. I mean, I think it's important to talk about uh, femtech. I have talked to other femtech founders. I've talked to other biomedical founders, the, the crossover. It's just, as you said, it, it's, it's my, my privilege to be able to bring your story forward. And, and thank you for sharing some about your startup journey, because I know there's tidbits in there that maybe other people will want to reach out to you. So, hey, on that note, to our listeners, if Kathy did share something that you think somebody else needs to hear, um, share a copy of this podcast episode with them, have them reach out to us. If there is a wonderful, innovative, disruptive CEO founder you think I need to talk to, send me a note at connect at allisonksummers.com. Until we speak again, keep your eye on the future and always be disruptive. Kathy, Kathy, thank you one last time. Thank you, Allison. Appreciate it. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>